When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money, but are your bills even accurate? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million to save. Visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Wednesday edition, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Encourage you to go follow the show. You can stream us. You can find all the different clips from the show that you might have missed at clayandbuck.com. Also, want to encourage you to go download the podcast. We have been surging up to the top of the podcast ranks. I know how many of you are listening in 400-plus AM, FM stations, all 50 states. But, Buck, that's pretty encouraging to see how well people have been responding to the podcast. We can see the tangible numbers. They've been through the roof. I think that's something that we got to keep on because until, until we're at that number one ranking, Clay, our work here is not done. We have been consistently top five. I'd like to be number one. That would be nice. Uh, we've been consistently top 15 or 20 in all the podcasts that exist anywhere in the nation and uh, around the world. And we appreciate all of you wherever you're listening to us. You can follow Buck Sexton at Buck Sexton. You can follow me. I am Clay Travis at Clay Travis. And, of course, the show is on Twitter and Facebook at Clay and Buck. And one thing I bet that a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and certainly many of you listening out there are ready for is, you know what happened with Kamala Harris, Buck? She'd been saying she didn't need to go to the border. She hadn't been to Europe either. But now, all of a sudden, Donald Trump is scheduled to be at the border in five days. And what has happened, Buck Sexton? Oh, she's going, Clay. She's going down. In fact, Trump effectively shamed the border czar into going to said border, which is a remarkable thing when you think about it. 91 days, friends, after she was named immigration czar, she has finally come out, or spokespersons or whatever have said, that she will go down on Friday just in time to beat former President Trump, who will be down there in just a few days after it, with Governor Abbott of Texas. And and one thing about, about Texas on this one, and yes, there's 
There's going to be. We don't ever want to make any of the other states jealous. There's a fair amount of, of Florida high fiving on the show. There's also some Texas high fiving that goes on here because you know the state of Texas, uh, Clay has decided to take border matters into its own hands at some level. They are building some sections of wall themselves. They're bringing in additional law enforcement officers from Florida, among other states, to help with the surge uh, and help with the issues at the border. And having been down there just a couple of months ago myself, we were talking about law enforcement being overwhelmed. Border Patrol is completely overwhelmed with, let's all be very clear, the worst numbers of apprehensions and illegal crossings and gotaways, which are people who just made it into the U.S., never got taken into custody at all, really ever. It's at least 20 years, but based on the trends and the trajectory, you could pretty much say this is the worst the border has ever been. Which is not a good thing, I think, no matter uh, what your politics might be. And Kamala Harris, I think this is significant that she's going, but also don't miss what she's trying to do, Buck. She's going in on a Friday hoping that her friends in the media will bury this story rolling into a summer weekend, right? Going on Friday, you hope, hey, Saturday, Sunday, everybody's going out to the pool, everybody's on vacation, everything else. Well, this this goes to show you that there really was a belief, I think, in the, in the Harris camp that she could get away with saying that, you know, it's not a big deal. Why do I have to go to the border as the borders are? And then when all the criticism got piled on, and, uh, and and on all the folks out there, uh, we're, we're saying, hold on a second. And we should actually play if we if we have it. It's a uh, classic. The, the, the classic. Do we do we have? Oh, yes. Here, here, remember, let's let's play for everybody. Just a trip down memory lane with our, our, our border czar. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. And I haven't been to Europe. And I I don't (laughs) I I don't understand the point that you're making. (laughs) This was one of those awesome moments where you just this. This is Lesser Holt. I mean, he's you know, he's trying to just do his interview thing. And he's like, "Uh, look, you're the vice president. I'm, I'm not trying to cause issues here, but. You have not been to the border. You can't look me in the eyes in an interview on my show when we all know you. The whole point is you haven't been. You don't get to say, oh, yes, we have, Clay. We've been to the border. What is we? Have you, Kamala Harris, the borders are been to the border. And what I think is so interesting about Kamala Harris in general, she's got a Cruella DeVille about her personality like where She tries to kind of laugh her way and smile her way through answers to questions like these. But, Buck, she's been in primetime, in theory, for a long time. She ran for president. She's a senator from California. She was attorney general. She's dealt with the media for a long time. I think certainly they've used kid gloves with her. But how is it that she wasn't prepared for a question like this? I still, every time I hear that, I cringe because it's almost a veep moment. I think about her staff when they were watching that and seeing it, and I wonder, did they not prep her? Were they so stunned that Lester Holt... Like, go, let's listen to that clip again, because I I know it's a classic, but the degree of arrogance from her to, first of all, lie directly to Lester Holt about something that is very clear that he could call her on... And then to follow it up with such a dismissive line about, well, I haven't been to Europe at all. I'm not quizzing you about NATO. 
I'm not quizzing you about Brussels. I'm quizzing you about the border. Why would you focus and even try to pivot in such a stupid way? Listen to this again, because I think it is an emblematic moment with Kamala Harris where you really get the sense that she's not very good on her feet and also that she's expecting for Lester Holt to just accept her lie and move on. This is sometimes you hear a 30 second clip and I think it's an important window into the larger media universe, both for the candidate and or the vice president in this case, but also the media environment in general. Let's listen to it one more time. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. Well, we all understood the point. Everyone right? understands the point. Everybody knew exactly what I can. I can see without being there the the looks on the faces of her staffers just just all. That's the, what I'm saying. The veep moment. Oh, that that is. It could have been more clear. But but let's get into the why. Why would she? I mean, now we know it's because Trump. Look, Trump gets results once again. He's getting results on this. She has to go down because otherwise, Trump going down creates a photo op. That's even more damaging than the photo op she was trying to avoid, which was Kamala Harris at the U.S.-Mexico border as the border czar, as the numbers keep coming out and it continues to get worse. This is an issue. And this is the the, on a policy level. The takeaway here that everyone needs to understand is that the Democrats don't want this situation to stop. They want to control the optics of what's happening, which is the massive. You want to talk about systematic. This is the systematic gaming of our asylum process by people who are entered. They are breaking the law. So many commentators get that wrong. Even if you surrender at the border, say, here I am. I want to claim asylum. When you enter onto U.S. soil to do that, not at a port of entry, that is a, a violation of statute. And then. They've so overwhelmed the system and the cartels are making hundreds of millions of dollars on this now, on top of all the drugs that they're running by having Border Patrol have to deal with all the people that are coming across. So this then becomes an issue of how do Democrats stop something, Clay, that they actually think in the long run benefits them politically because they still want an amnesty And they feel like this is, first of all, the virtue signaling on this is great. Yeah, open borders. Let's give away free health care, as they said to uh, uh, on the debate stage in the Democrat primary to illegal immigrants. So the, the party, the Democrat Party, has moved so far left that they can't even pretend to want to stop illegal immigration from from occurring. That's where we really are. And so Kamala Harris doesn't want to go down because she's not going to fix this problem because she doesn't really want to fix this problem. And she's going on Friday because she hopes it gets buried into the weekend. And to your point, because she knows when Donald Trump with other Republican congressmen goes next week, they were going to be able to wield a massive attack on her and the Biden administration in general by saying, hey, I'm not even president right now, but I can make it down to check and see what's going on in the border. Your current administration has still not managed that. And so what she's trying to do is blunt that attack by going down on Friday, hoping a lot of people aren't going to pay attention. And then she can say, well, I've now been to the border. And it's amazing that this is 
the first real thing that has been put on the uh, on on the Kamala Harris uh, ledger, so to speak. And and yet we all know, I mean, and we'll be talking about this a lot. There's a widespread belief that she will be the next Democrat. I don't know if it's incumbent but the next Democrat president of the United States. It would States. be racist and sexist for her not to be the nominee in 2024 by the Democrats' own standards. And yet, what has she shown us so far of actual ability and results in office? I'll never forget, back during the primary, the Democrat primary, when she said, very, a very nonchalant and, and arrogant fashion, I mean, it's clear I'm a top-tier candidate. It's like, <laughs> actually, the voters, the Democrat yes. voters... Had a very different feeling about that. Well, she's not likable. That's the essence. And, and this is why I hope she's the nominee in 2024. Because Kamala Harris, if you put her on a stage, ultimately this is a TV contest. Kamala Harris has no children. She is married to a dorky white dude lawyer. And I can say that because I'm kind of a dorky white dude lawyer. She doesn't have a history of being particularly likable. And depending on who the nominee is for the Republican Party in 2024, I believe that what Kamala Harris is going to lean on is the same thing that Hillary Clinton leaned on, which is, I'm a woman, I deserve this. And she's also going to add in, I'm a minority woman, I deserve this. And I don't think America responds to, I deserve to be elected because of my identity. The CN- I really don't. The CNN green room does. That's that, really That's where it does. But even if you go back in Obama 2008, that was a America is amazing campaign. Obama 2008 would be a Republican campaign now. It was, "Hey, I'm a single uh, I got a mom, I'm a mixed race, I'm from Hawaii, I got a weird name, and I can still be elected president of the United States." Go back and look at what he ran on in 2008. Now, well, Democrats he ran on his run, biography, on his, on his two autobiographies. De- and Democrats run on entitlement now. They, they deserve it because of their identity alone, not because America's an amazing place. We'll have to come back to what Obama ran on another time. In 08, I think it's a fascinating question. Go look at it. Opposed to gay marriage? He couldn't be the nominee. Obama couldn't. In 2020 or 2024, he would be a racist and a sexist. Well, that's true of a lot of Democrats. By their same standards. Their old positions would be reason for cancellation if they were Republicans, but they don't apply the same standard. They don't apply the same standard. You know who does apply the same standard? Mike Lindell. He does an incredible job of standing up for what he believes in. And he gets attacked, like you and I do, and like a lot of people out there who are listening to us do, for saying exactly what he believes Every single day. If you believe in free speech, if you believe in robust political debate, if you believe in people standing up for what they believe, you need to be making the decision to go right now and get hooked up with great MyPillow products. Buck, I've got them on my bed. I've got them in my kids' beds. I have got all the MyPillow products. They come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and the Giza Dream Sheets. Two-for-one low price plus shipping with the promo code Clay and Buck right now. All you have to do is go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, stand up for what you believe in by standing up for men and women who are willing to stand up for what they believe in and get a great low price offer on the Giza Dream Sheet. In the meantime, deep discounts on other MyPillow products. I love these. I have them on my bed and my kids' beds. You will as well. You will love it. Promo code Clay and Buck, or you can call 
800-792-3269. That's MyPillow.com. Clay and Buck. Classes are back in session here at the Institute of Advanced Conservative Studies. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Welcome back in Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show Kamala Harris headed down to the border. And I actually think this is interesting, Buck. We've talked about this off air. I don't think you've talked about it on the air. Unlike Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, you have actually been down to the border somewhat recently. And you can actually tell people what it's like, what you saw and what the border agents who you interacted with talked about from their perspective. Anyone who tells you that the border isn't open either doesn't know what they're talking about or is lying to you. Now, you could argue it's not entirely open, but when I was down in McAllen, Texas, and riding along with some Border Patrol folks and going to see at different areas of the border what's really happening... It is a constant inflow of people who are all paying off the cartels. They have to. You know, the cartels break down border areas in what they call plazas. And there's a fee, a a per head fee to come across. And the police on the Mexican side of the border, as we know, are largely outgunned and often corrupt. So you can't rely on them really as as partners in this process. In fact, many times they're co-opted by the cartels. And I stood there, Clay, and I saw particularly family units, but women coming across with young children, and they have bracelets on them to show that they've paid the cartel fee. They have pieces of paper with the number and name of someone in this country, once they've crossed in illegally, that they're supposed to then be transferred to. And this is all about gaming the system, because the family units get different treatment, and depending on the age of the child at the border, there's a greatly enhanced likelihood of being able to stay in the country. And the HHS facilities, like the Donna facility in McAllen, and I've been to the border in El Paso and, and at San Diego, the San Diego Tijuana. I found out, by the way, it is not Tijuana. What is it? Tijuana. That's, That's how you pronounce it. I don't, I don't speak a word of Spanish, but I know it's <laughs> Tijuana now. So no, no mas Tijuana for me. And, and they, they, they made it very clear when I, when I would go to each of these different sections of the border that as long as the incentives, Clay, are in place for the cartel to keep bringing people in this way, because there's a very high likelihood that they'll be able to, that their human cargo will be able to stay, the flow keeps coming. You're going to have a million plus illegal entries in the united states this year a million plus i'm saying 1.5 million maybe more i just think it's so instructive because to your credit you talk about an issue and you've actually gone and been there and it also is why i find kamala harris's i haven't been to europe line so offensive to so many people i think so many of our listeners do as well because where you go and what you focus on tells us what matters to you and I understand. Look, when you're a politician, there are a billion things coming at you every single day. And look, we know a little bit about this on this show because people sometimes say, hey, how come you didn't talk about X or how come you didn't talk about Y? We try to talk about things that matter to us and we believe are going to matter to you. And when you are telling me you are the borders are and you haven't been willing to actually go to the border, I'm sorry. That tells me far more 
then I think you realize that you are telling me, and then you try to insult us by saying I haven't been to Europe either. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. Just to your point, Clay, I think often the biggest editorial decision you can make is actually what you focus on, more so than even how you cover it. But, you know, we're going to cover in just a moment here, Bernie Sanders is upset that the filibuster is still in place. Is this fight over? We're going to answer that for you in just a moment but you know my dad has been taking relief factor he's over 70 years old he's an avid golfer he's actually got a pretty good handicap he's got quite a nice swing from the tees and he takes relief factor to help with aches and pains relief factor is a game changer it's a 100 percent research-based formula that was created to combat the root causes of inflammation you've got 100 million americans just like my dad suffering from ongoing pain due to aging exercise overexertion and the effects of everyday living the folks at relief factor want to help and they're so confident that relief factor will work for you they've developed the three-week quick start pack at 1995 just go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384 that's 800-500-8384 for the three war a three-week you're quick- listening to clay travis and <laughs> so sexton on the eib network Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on prize picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. As someone who served our country in the intelligence community, I appreciate companies that back our nation's service community. One company that does it best is GovX. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, 
GovX.com is for you. GovX offers unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. GovX.com is a one-stop shop for the things you love. GovX also donates a portion of every single order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. When you shop on GovX.com, your orders make a meaningful impact. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com, that's GovX.com, and join a community of more than 8.5 million patriots and pros. It's fast, easy, and free to join. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. I am Buck Sexton. He is Clay Travis. We are right here together in Nashville, rocking out with all of you folks across the country. And we have lines open to uh, 282-282-800, 282-2882. com is the website. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Buck Sexton and Parlor, which I'm I'm on as well. So you can do that. And, and Clay is uh, Clay Travis. Easy to find. We got Richard in Canastoga, New York. Richard, welcome. Hey. How y'all doing, Clay and Buck? What's going on today? Outstanding. Appreciate you, Richard. Hey, you can hear me this time. That's cool. Hey, I'm a longtime <laughs> Russ listener, and I want to let y'all know that I guarantee that Russ is proud that y'all are taking over for him. Y'all are doing great, let me tell you. Yeah, well, we appreciate that. That uh, means a lot from a longtime listener. That's really kind, Richard. Thanks so much, man. We hey, thank you for calling in. Y'all are doing awesome, man. I was a little leery when you first started, but y'all are y'all are picking it up real damn good. I can tell you that you're doing awesome. I pre- we we appreciate that so much, and and please tell tell your friends, tell the other other folks out there that they should they should uh, tune in and check us out. Thank you for calling in from uh, my home state of New York. Now, uh, Clay. Yesterday, we were having our big chat about the filibuster. Yes. And uh, this is something that the Democrats have been talking about for months. You'd think that because you had Manchin and Cinema come out and say, all right, you know, but but then Manchin gets a little gets a little weak in the knees, it seems, over this thing. And now Bernie Sanders is out there telling everybody that it's time, you know, our our democracy is at risk. <laughs> And we gotta that's do pretty, this. That's pretty we solid. We gotta do that. I'm sitting here with this evil capitalist with no mask on named Clay Travis, and I'm telling you, he's a he is a threat every day on radio to democracy. And here's Bernie saying that the the filibuster is also a threat to democracy. Go ahead. I'm tired of talking about Mr. Manchin and Ms. Cinema. You know, we have got to do what we can to bring people together. The American people, I think, all over this country understand that now is the time to act and i will also tell you you know clearly we are constrained by the fact that we only have 50 democrats and to my mind what this next election is going to be about is whether the american people want us to have a government that represents all people that believes in democracy or not and we need a hell of a lot more democrats in the senate than we have right now what's so interesting about these comments from bernie sanders is there's the usual fluff. And by the way, your Bernie Sanders impersonation is almost spot on. I mean, that, that is a that is a very good uh, impersonation, I have to say. Bernie sounds like he's acknowledging that basically the 
don't ever use any crisis, don't let a crisis go to waste argument is effectively giving up the ghost here because that's an argument for 2022. It's not really an argument for 2021. That's what stands out to me about what he's saying, even though he's trying to not want to talk about Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, two of his Senate colleagues in the Democratic Party. He's acknowledging that they don't have the votes to change the filibuster. And if they don't have the votes to change the filibuster, then effectively they have to work with Republicans or nothing's going to happen. This feels to me like a very defeatist statement by Bernie Sanders. Let me just say that anyone who leans on the phrase a lot in public life, crisis in our democracy, yes, is somebody that you, you got to wonder about what they're saying, no matter what the subject matter is. It's like somebody that's always putting forward their pronouns when nobody asks. They're telling you a lot just by using the phrase crisis in our democracy. And, and I think that with Bernie Sanders, uh, obviously, there is a degree of him just pushing this issue so that the left wing base feels like, you know, the revolution is alive and he well. He sees us. He feels he, us. He knows the where resistance is still living. We he knows where we are on this or where they are. Pardon me on, on this issue. But but I, I also think it's important for everyone to recognize that the very people who are constantly talking about the undermining of our democracy when they don't get their way. Bernie Sanders is just an example of this. And and the undermining of our institutions are people who want to radically transform our institutions and therefore our democracy. So there's this you add this all together, you say, hold on a second. They always talked about that for four years under Trump. It was, oh, the, our, our sacred institutions. And now they're trying to dramatically change those very institutions all under this idea that if they don't get their way, then we're all under threat. The insurrection's coming. And I think I'm like a lot of people where I feel like as if we have gotten a big win even though it's not being talked about as much by Joe Manchin. I know you're skeptical that they're going to stay committed to being opposed to the filibuster and Christian cinema because, and you made an argument yesterday, I think it's a good one, Buck, where you were saying, hey, the seducing of these Democratic politicians is not going to end. But once you put it in writing in your local West Virginia newspaper, and by the way, I think there's a strong argument that the last statewide Democrat to ever be elected from West Virginia in any of our lives is Joe Manchin. And he knows that. And if he wants to be reelected in 2024, he barely was reelected in 2018. And I think Kristen Cinema knows that the state of Arizona 2020 was an aberration. And I think she recognizes how much of a balancing act being able to be reelected in John McCain's home state and a historically strong conservative market is going to be. So I tend to believe that once they put it in writing, they're not going to bend on the will of the filibuster. Do you think that the filibuster is truly done? Or do you think that it still could come up that the Democrats find a way to overturn the 60 vote number? I was somebody who back in the Obamacare era when we were being it was a bit of a consensus position. They won't really do this without a single Republican vote, right? They won't go that scorched earth and, and hardcore on this issue. And they did, and they got it through, as we all remember, to what we agreed on yesterday, that Democrats are willing, in a way that Republicans are just simply not, to go for it, you know, to, to, to make that that final push, to pull the trigger, so to speak. The Democrats are willing to make it happen. I think that this is this is something where they're going to, 
try to read the room a bit, read the polls, really, and see, is it enough to merely play the, oh, they're obstructing us card, and so they'll back off. The Republicans are obstructing, so they back off going into the midterms in an effort to keep the House, which you and I both know is going to be very tough for Democrats this time around, but they want to try to keep that because they know if you have divided government and a Biden presidency, this guy's not a leader. This guy's Mr. Magoo. If, if Biden is even still there. Right. I mean, if he doesn't step down. And I, I, I always tell everyone this, try to, get, try to get this on the record. The moment that Biden and uh, who knows when it will be decides that for personal health reasons, whatever it may be, he's going to step down. Everyone who's currently saying that's a crazy conspiracy theory will act like. Oh, of course he's, you know, he's almost 80 years old, guys. Like, you know, this is the game that they're, that they're playing all along here. We just saw it happen with COVID and the, 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 the leak from the lab. Oh, it's a crazy conspiracy theory. How dare you have that perspective? As soon as it starts to go into the mainstream, John Stewart comes out, makes a joke. Everybody in the Stephen Colbert audience is rolling over with hysterical laughter at the idea that anyone ever believed that that COVID didn't come out of the Wuhan uh, virology lab. I also think there's a childishness that is running rampant. And you have kids that I don't, so you actually have to deal with child my wife by the way might say that i'm the biggest child in the house if she were sitting in the studio with us right now but yes i have three kids under 13 but there is a childishness at the heart of the democrat party with the arguments here against the filibuster because what they're really saying is we want to get it our way this time now because there's this this false urgency but i would i would counter with the kind of transformational things i mean federalizing national elections for example should be hard from a legislative perspective. D.C., Puerto Rico getting four senators should be hard. Adding six Supreme Court justices, that should be a pretty high standard, I think, to meet. And gridlock is just a way of saying balance of powers working People as it does. Are agreeing to radical change. Gridlock is not a bad thing to me. I think it's fascinating with all the all the flip-flopping. And we should bring back that turmoil. Remember when that was basically the end of John yeah. Kerry? Yes. And when he was running for president? You were for it before you were against it? That's right. And ever, at rallies, it was always flip-flop, yeah, yeah. flip-flop. Not quite as fun as build the wall, but flip-flop had its moment. Uh, the Democrat flip-flopping on on issues having to do with our, our institutions of government, but but also the narrative against Trump was the hashtag resistance. Yes. And it was the hashtag resistance judiciary, legislature, anything, anywhere in government where they could. And this was, by the way, people I know well from the previous White House said that the the it, just the tip of the iceberg, what you've heard of, what, what, what has been reported about how many people in the federal bureaucracy would just essentially say, no, make us. Yeah, you're the president, you're the head of the executive branch, but... We're not going to do that. We're going to take our time. So there was an intransigence, a kind of internal sabotage. And that was all the hashtag resistance. Now, when Republicans use the very system of government that we have in a completely legitimate way to say, we're not going along with you, the Democrats are like, it's time for the steamroller. Let's get that steamroller. And to her credit, in the Washington Post editorial that she put out yesterday that we talked about, Kristen Sinema pointed out that 31 Democratic senators, including Joe Biden himself, had been opposed to doing away with the filibuster in 2017 as a part of the resistance. The thing that they held to most stringently was the idea, well, at least you're going to need to get 60 votes in order to enact radical transformation. And it should be hard, Buck. Think about this. If you're going to go from nine Supreme Court senators to 15, 
justices. That should be, yes, <laughs> Supreme Court senator would be an interesting angle, too. Uh, 15 justices, it should be insanely hard to add senators in uh, D- Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico and states. That should be massively hard as well. This shouldn't be an easy thing to do. And yet we're, we're told that the the false urgency of now dictates that everything that we've known in the past about government no longer, no longer, everything they've said, forget about what we know, everything the Democrats used to say about the balance of powers and how this all works does not matter. The, the, for me, there were so many great phrases from the Obama era. There was leading from behind. There was strategic patience. I mean, you, did, you didn't build that. <laughs> you didn't build that. But if you wanted the really defining, and of course, Rahm Emanuel didn't come up with this. I think you could go back to Sun Tzu. You could go back to the ancient the God Chinese war. wisdom. Yeah. Um, and and you could go back and and realize that when Rahm Emanuel, as the White House chief of staff, said a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, Democrats, you'll go. They lurch from one crisis to the next, and that's the pitch. COVID is an opportunity. The debt is an opportunity. The the border, even for them, is an opportunity, and that's why the insurrection and all the rest of it is so important. To them, and I, I've got an insert, a quote. By the way, when I use that term, I use the term to disparage the notion that it was an insurrection, which it flatly was not. I mean, I used to work in the CIA. I know a bit. I know a bit about coups, folks. It wasn't a coup, um, but we'll come back in just a moment. Get into some of that, and then the huge story, Clay, about the rebellion from parents with critical race theory stuff. But you know, the secret is out right now. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers. And flocking to Pure Talk for the same coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In the past year, over 20,000 of you, those are Smart Rush listeners, have made the switch to Pure Talk. So what are the rest of you waiting for? If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, your family could easily save over $800 a year. Because those big wireless providers are charging you for data you'll never need and perks you'll never use. Stop paying for fluff, folks. Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, but only charges you for what you need, which makes a big difference. Oh, no doubt. And it is a tremendous value. I've got a family. If you have a family and you got a bunch of different people on phones, you know that you are spending an absolute ton. You could save up to $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. And as a result, you can get unlimited talk, text, plus six gigs of data, all for just $30 a month. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 right now and say Pure Talk and you'll save 50% off your first month. Again, listen to me. Really simple to do. Pound 250. Say Pure Talk. And you'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk that will help you and your family save a bundle. When we come back, we're diving into the insurrection in quotation marks. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling through, hanging out with you guys. Appreciate all of you spending your time with us. A lot of you want to weigh in on a variety of different topics. Let me take a few of your calls. We get ready to tee up the third hour of the program. Let's go to Stephanie in Kentucky. Stephanie, what's up? Hi, I just wanted to say a couple things about the filibuster real quick, if I could. Um, I think it's worth mentioning. A lot of people who are conservatives realize this, but the Democrats only have a 51 to 49 percent majority in Congress. So when they say these things like there's this mandate that we have to create these big changes, the, the numbers aren't on their side. And the media does not ever remind anyone of that. And I think that's worth keeping in mind that all, all of America should keep that in mind, that they really don't have a mandate behind them. 
I think that's a great point. And, and in fact, if you add in governorships, I believe Republicans have 27 governorships and Democrats have 23, which, again, goes back to uh, Stephanie's point here uh, from Kentucky. Great call. I mean, we're in a 50-50 divided government, Buck. And so this idea that there's some massive mandate that exists. I mean, Kamala Harris is breaking ties in the Senate 50-50. If we're looking at this from the perspective of, dare I say, fairness, you would think <laughs> that now should be a time for extreme bipartisan measures, not extreme unilateral measures. The steamroller, as I said before, you know, they're revving that thing up. Like, who needs Republican opposition? Who cares? Let's just squash them. It's about 50-50, folks. And it wasn't, you know, we could talk about the election, the presidential election another day, another time. But it wasn't some huge mandate either when you look at the margins in a lot 40, of those states. 40,000 votes, Buck. 20,000 people changed their mind, even with the totals that are out there right now. That's one college basketball arena. That's one NBA or NHL arena. And we're talking about Donald Trump being reelected, even based on the numbers that are out there right now. Bill also wants to uh, weigh in. What you got for me, Bill? Uh, how you doing, guys? Thank you for taking Fantastic. the show. Um, I want to weigh in on the uh, filibuster. Uh, I'm a strong Second Amendment advocate. Uh, and with that, with the filibuster, if they're talking about doing away with, they want to do away with that. I want to remind the Democrats how many times they've used that against the Republicans. So if they do away with the filibuster, I think come the next election, we're going to clean their plow in the House and the Senate. And we're not going to have the filibuster to have to deal with. And boy, you talk about stirring the pot we're going after a lot of things they have tried to, that they have successfully defended using the filibuster so they go it's, ahead it's, and, and no sorry to cut you off bill we got a hard out coming up here in a minute to finish the second hour but to bill's point that's the argument against the filibuster right is you would have extremes from one side to the other and then, by the way that's what mitch mcconnell said when the filibuster was taken away as it pertains to Supreme Court justices. And he was right, as you pointed out yesterday, with that warning. It's exactly how it played out. And you have now Kavanaugh, for example. You and a whole even beyond we always we always focus uh, in the media too much, I think, on the Supreme Court. The federal judiciary across the board Circuit courts. matters a whole heck of a lot in terms of how the law is applied in this country, what it all means. So it was a game changer and Democrats certainly lived to uh, to rue the day that they went with the nuclear option. It was not the right move. Look, next hour, we've got the the insurrection that wasn't an insurrection. Updates on that for you. And also the rebellion against CRT at school boards. Big story out of Virginia on that coming up. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Since 9-11, the Tunnel the to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel the to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young kids, builds specially adapted smart homes for severely injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades-in-arms, nor the efforts of his first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud Foundation donor. Tunnel of Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the Foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. 
That's T, the number two, T.org. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams, offering over 330 academic programs as of September 2023. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.